Welcome to We Fly the Flag, the Air Canada Pilots Podcast. Air Canada 440 Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Air Canada Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Chamberlain. I'm a communications committee member. I'm a year six Vancouver-based 737 First Officer. Today I'm joined by MEC Chair First Officer Charlene Huddy, MEC Communications Chair Captain Robert Barrett, and MEC Executive Administrator First Officer Tim Everett. Welcome all. In the episode, we'll be talking about Air Canada as a whole. We'll be touching on negotiations. We'll talk about the move from ACPA to ALPA, and we'll touch on our history as well. Now, I did want to acknowledge the help from ALPA National in starting this podcast also, Alaska's SBSC Chair David Campbell, and in person here today assisting with technical setup from ALPA SBSC National and fellow WestJet pilot Captain Chris Von Jones. So thank you all for your help. Now, this episode is one of many to come. We expect to release a new episode every three to four weeks to start, with the frequency increasing as negotiations gather momentum. We'll also be creating some episodes in French. Now, as many of you already know, the Air Canada MEC is in a whole new place compared to just a year ago, and the podcast is just a small piece of our new ALPA membership. So what is its purpose? The podcast is intended as a conversational forum for our pilots and our passengers and the traveling public as well. Here, we'll discuss issues affecting our pilots, our airline customers, and the sustainability and reliability of the aviation network in this great country of ours. Your MEC and Communications Committee want the podcast to bridge the gap between our pilots, our MEC, a new contract, and everything in between. Now, with guest chairs from various committees and episodes to come, we want your voices heard and your questions answered. And most importantly, we want to keep you up to date. On a side note, we are all pilots at the table today. We are definitely not performers, and as such... Having a hypersensitive condenser microphone in your face with every word being recorded is not a scenario that we practice in simulator every three months or ever. So please show some love for my guests here today for giving up their free time and being willing to be the voice of our pilot group. All right, let's get started. So lucky you, Charlene, first to speak here. So I imagine things are very different for you now versus maybe before. Would you mind introducing yourself to our pilots that don't know who you are? And maybe you can tell us how the last six months have been for you. Well, it's really great to be here. I'm super excited to be on our Air Canada Pilots podcast. And for myself, uh, I am the MEC chair of the Air Canada Pilots under ALPA. Things have changed a lot in the last six months uh, since I became the MEC chair, which was the end of October of 2022. It's been a, a very busy time. We had a, a pretty uh, new MEC at that time, and we really hit the ground running, I would say, and mm. we, we haven't let up since. So uh, a big focus of our MEC is listening to our pilots, staying close to our pilots, and going down the direction that they, they really wanted to go, which was why we uh, went down the Alpa Road. The ACPA-ALPA merger road mm. took a, a lot of time and energy, 
but I was very happy when our, our pilots chose to uh, become ELPA members with a, a vote of 84% saying yes to ELPA. And then since then, we've been transitioning from ACPA to ELPA, also entering into negotiations. Mm-hmm. So it's been a it's a, been a very busy time, probably two of the busiest times that a pilot group can have a union merger and then also going into negotiations. But we have an incredible, fantastic team. Our MEC is very united, rowing in the same direction. We have amazing volunteers such as yourself, such as Robert, such as Tim. Like people are, uh, all our pilots are standing up to really get this contract that that we deserve and being part of the bigger union being a part of elpa is really helping us do that it is i'm i'm seeing the unity i'm seeing is far beyond what i've ever seen before in the last well my at least my six years now with with air canada um so i totally agree with you on that i think most would but i want to know about you and i'm going to push you on this (laughs) because i i really like what you had to say there but um you know I, I want I want to feel a connection with you as a, as a person, and I think that's why you were voted as our as our MEC chair. It's it's not just um, for your message that you carry. It's it's sort of who you are, what people know of you. Could you tell us more about yourself personally? Like, where are you from? Where did you start? Um, why did you Why did you do this? Why did you put yourself right <laughs> yeah, where you are now? I, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> um, so I think uh, I have a passion for representing pilots. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, mm. so that's my home province. I moved back to Saskatoon a couple years ago, actually, and uh, I think. I always try and tell people that you can take the the girl out of Saskatchewan, but you can't take Saskatchewan <laughs> out of the girl. So that's, true. that's yep. uh, I grew up on the farm just outside of a small town, uh, Melville, Saskatchewan, but I decided to call Saskatoon my home because it's a, a very nice city. And to circle back to how I ended up doing union work, mm-hmm. I... Um, so I became uh, Air Canada pilot five years ago. Prior to that, I was with First Air for just shy of a decade. Mm. And I was involved, heavily involved in the union there as well. Mm. So okay. I started out as a, a local status rep in, in Yellowknife. Um, and during that time, we were ELPA members. And I saw like the full resources that ELPA had at that time. We had a a pretty tragic event happened when I was a, a status rep at uh, First Air with a uh, flight 6560. It was a 737 that crashed up in Resolute Bay. Mm. And that's, uh, we had all of the resources that ALPA could provide. A pretty small pilot group, a pilot group of 100 people. We had the pilot assistance, critical incident and response came. Yep. They helped us. And that's when I really started to see like the the power of unity and pilots helping pilots. And then through that, I also ended up being uh, the vice chair of the MEC. I was the MEC chair at First Air before I left and also on uh, our negotiating committee back then in 2016, it would have been. So fast forward to coming to Air Canada and uh, I had every intention of just coming to Air Canada and I was going to be a line pilot. And uh, clearly... Something went a, a little awry with that plan, but that's <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, once I started volunteering for ACPA, uh, I really felt, and a, a group of us felt, that there was maybe a, a different way of doing things, really engaging the pilot group. That is where our power is, listening yeah, to absolutely. our pilots. And yeah. so 
We went through this process. I was on the external affairs committee, a counselor in Toronto. Um, and then once we had that uh, MOA before our pilot group last fall, and our, our pilots showed a lot of unity in saying no to that, that MOA. It was a bit of a different vote to what was maybe recommended. Would you say that's... That's fair. Well, I think the the MEC at that time yeah. chose to send it out to the pilot group, and the pilot group said, no, it's not good enough. We yeah, deserve right. more. Yeah. And that's when we had that big change in our MEC. Yeah, that was instrumental. That I remember that. Yeah, that was big. I think that was a, a the TSN turning point for our pilot group. Yeah. And that's where our new MEC came into being, and... Uh, Back to your pushing on asking me about myself, which I don't really like to talk about <laughs> yeah, myself, yeah. but I had yeah. a few people ask me if I would be the MEC chair. And at the time, I, I thought that was a kind of a crazy idea because mm. I, I was very new to Air Canada, uh, still junior. Sure, I had MEC chair experience from First Air, but being the MEC chair at First Air versus Air Canada are, are, are two different things, representing 5,000 pilots versus uh, 100, certainly a, a, a challenge, and a challenge that, quite frankly, um, I had some fear about, mm -hmm. but I, I can't do anything at 50%, so I'm here giving it 110% because that's, that's what our pilots deserve. Mm -hmm. And they're lucky to have you, so thanks. Thank you for that. And finally, got some personal energy too. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you a break now. We're going to focus on Rob, the chair of the communications committee. There, there must have been a drive in you to volunteer as the communications chair, which frankly, it feels like a whirlwind of activity and change as of late. Well, uh, I've been with Air Canada about uh, 24 years, almost 25 years now. It's crazy. I don't know when I became the old person in the in the room, but uh, <laughs> anyway, but 24 years, uh, 777 captain in mm. uh, Vancouver. Uh, yeah, the comms chair position, it's, it's kind of, I guess, similar to what Charlene was saying, is that you don't necessarily wake up uh, you know, early in life and say, hey, I, that's that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. That's the position I want. And I suppose you just started with some ideas um, that I was sharing with Charlene and, and, and some of the MEC about about the upcoming negotiations and, uh, and some of the background that I have that maybe in the non-aviation world, some of the academic background and kind of putting it all together and framing it and seeing if there's some ideas that we could share and, and uh, that would help out. Yep. You know, and then, you know, once you're, once you dip your toe in the water, you know, now you're pretty soon you're in the deep end. And yeah. uh, so I, I know what you mean. So now I find, <laughs> now I find myself in, in, in the chair position. It's a, it's obviously extremely busy, uh, under ELPA. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a committee that has a lot of support. Um, but it's also very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it never stops. But I think that one of the drives, as you mentioned, was, was really, I think it's, and it started before my interest in, in the communications was really the, the sort of the dignity that we have as a pilot group and the dignity of we have in, in uh, of the traveling public as well. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is not to be, you know, just to hinge everything on, you know, what used to be or the sort of the glory days of, of flying. But I think it's one of those superordinate aims where people realize it's nice to be, you know, sure, be able to check in for a flight on your phone and have good entertainment on board the aircraft. But somehow we've lost our way, I think, in terms of the human side of, of flying. Mm -hmm. And I think that that resonates as a, as a big picture. It's not just the pilots. It's not just our management. It's not just our passengers. It's everybody senses it. And I think that we need to somehow find our way back to that, that human aspect. Yep. And I think that 
that's going to start with valuing employees. Uh, we've heard the same famous taglines over the years. You know, you start by valuing your employees, and then they start valuing the customers. And I think that we see some kinks in that. And, and I think that's, that's part of what we're, we're looking to correct here as well. So yeah. I think that's part of the drive is that, that, that sort of that dignity piece. And it's, just, it's more than us. It's more than just the pilots. It's, it's everybody that's involved in, in aviation. Yeah, I, I've seen that too. I've noticed the, the kinks, as it were. I've noticed the division in our work groups. And uh, it's the most I've felt it before, I would say, where we're, I, I feel like we've been pitted against each other. And I feel like there are there are instruments that are used that make us squabble amongst each other, and it makes us weak. And I feel there's change coming because the the pilots have kind of come together, and and it used to be um, you might say an old generation or uh, um, new hires, um, guys right in the middle, um, the guys that were affected by the change of the uh, retirement date, age to 65. Um, you know, guys that should be wide body captains now that maybe will never be because of some of the change. Like, there's a lot of different work, like generations in our in our airline, and we are uh, for a while we were squabbling amongst ourselves and blaming each other, and uh, and I feel like we're coming together here, and I think we might be able to lead. We might be able to lead this company in the right direction. I think there's so much more value to this work group than just uh, being at the controls of an aircraft. So, anyway, not to go off on a tangent there. Thanks, Rob. Tim, I turn my attention to you. I started to talk with you uh, once the podcast meetings began. So you're our MEC Executive Administrator. I feel like you formed the link between various committees, sign-off authorities, idea development. You, you seem to dabble in a bit of everything, but we need you in all of these things too. So I don't know if I have that right. Maybe you can tell us more about what it is you do. Um, and why you do it, where you came from. Sure, yeah, thanks, Jason. Mm -hmm. uh, happy to be here, and uh, it's in a pretty exciting time, I would say. Um, I think you have that mostly right. Part of my role as a MEC executive administrator really is to work with Charlene and the MEC and then the various committees and make sure that everyone is communicating, mm -hmm. that uh, if there's anything that needs to happen, I'm kind of the person that tries to help progress things along, I guess, and help communication. I know uh, part of the change was from when we used to be at ACPA. Uh, we didn't necessarily have someone that was dedicated to do things like that. And you might say we were a little bit siloed at the time. And under ELPA, part of the idea of thinking is that silos shouldn't exist, that we need to communicate amongst each other mm -hmm. and uh, push everyone towards the best outcome, which Charlene touched on earlier right now. Uh, our goal is the best contract we can get. So, uh, so that's uh, part of my job is just to make sure uh, everything's happening to push us in that direction. Yeah, sure. And are you still, are you still flying, uh, Tim, or are you kind of full-time not able to fly? You're kind of committed to the, the MEC position, or how does that work? So I'm qualified as a 787 first officer in Vancouver. Okay. I've been with Air Canada for 16 years. Uh, mm -hmm. So I do uh, still fly, but my position, it includes uh, under the ALPA term, it's full-time flight pay loss. Okay, got it. Yep, when we first spoke on the phone, I remember uh, you saying, hey, Jason, how's it going? Let's talk the podcast. And I remember thinking, Tim, Tim, okay. Yeah, um, oh, executive administrator, okay. And I remember asking you how things were going. And the first words that came out of your mouth were, oh, you know, busy as ever. <laughs> I could feel the weight you were carrying. You're like, we've got to put, get this started, push this through. 
And uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to balance. So I think it's just a great time. I know before uh, as well under the old uh, ACPA structure, the MEC chair really was on their own. And it's just nice to be able to uh, have Charlene with a committee around her now. Uh, right now we're four people, yeah. uh, soon to become five, uh, yep. to really balance some of that. So uh, as we can help the MEC chair and really help us as an Air Canada pilot group be the most uh, effective that we can be. Great. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the introduction. So, uh, Rob, there's a passion in each of us. Uh, it drives us, it guides us, it's how we started, it makes us proud, and it's definitely tied in with flying for our national airline. Can you tell us more about Air Canada, some of the things maybe some of us have forgot, some of our history? Sure. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder for our pilots, and uh, certainly for the public who might be listening to the podcast as well, is that uh, Air Canada and the Air Canada pilots have been around for about 85 years now. It's a it's an amazing rich history. So 1937, that's when Air Canada did the first flight. And if you think about it, that's, you know, it's two years before the start of World War II. That means that some of the World War II veterans, those heroes, would have joined the ranks of Air Canada at the time and, you know, would have helped build the culture that we have here today. And, and so all that has happened in Canada and across North America and the world in the last 85 years, you know, Air Canada pilots have been there to carry Canadians around the world and people internationally and from coast to coast yep. in our country. And it's, it's an amazing history. And Canada itself has an amazing history too. We, we hosted what was probably the largest air training exercise in, in history. Uh, we trained 131,000 uh, uh, Air Force members during uh, the World War II. And uh, that was uh, part of the Commonwealth training plan. So there's something that's special about Canadian pilots in general, and that's also recognized amongst airlines around the world too. So we, we yeah. lose a lot of our pilots to these airlines because uh, not just Air Canada pilots, but we lose Canadian pilots um, because we are our skills are valued. We have what's called the, the good stick and rudder skills, I guess, from flying mm -hmm. up north and flying these these approaches and, and landing yeah. in, in all weather conditions. And oh, we're yeah. also, uh, apparently we're very nice people too to work with. So that's, <laughs> that's probably part of it too. Yep. All right. So thanks for that, Rob. Um, Charlene, this one's coming at you. Uh, I'd like to ask you, who do you think the Air Canada pilots are today? I think the Air Canada pilots are incredible. I think that I've seen that since I became MEC chair, since this uh, MEC has started rowing in the same direction. The support that, that we've received, that I've received from our pilots, it's been amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm truly grateful for that. I think there's a lot of pride in what we do, our profession, our skill set. It's very, very valuable, and we take pride in flying our passengers all over this country, all over North America, all over the world, mm -hmm. delivering our passengers and our cargo safely and efficiently time and time again. Mm -hmm. I think that when we put on that, that uniform, we know that there's a, a huge amount of responsibility that comes with that. We yep. take those jobs very seriously. So that's, it's, a, it's a true honor to represent our pilots. Yeah, I agree. When the uniform goes on, like when I'm going to work, it's like you go from, I go from family mode to professional mode. And uh, you, you feel like you, you've not become a different person, but your outlook and the, the way you do things, I find it changes. And uh, 
you, you become um, part of a huge team of professionals trusted with the lives of loved ones, children, grandparents. Absolutely. The job is incredibly unique, and I think you're right. You put on that uniform, you're going to work, and you become very focused on Hmm. the job that you're doing. Um, We fly sometimes a lot of the same routes. You're flying the same aircraft, but each time you go flying, it is different. Mm -hmm. And so our pilots are very focused. Yeah. Rob, anything to add to that? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the, the social science scientist in me likes to uh, always <laughs> analyze things from, from that angle, uh, regardless of whether I'm asked to or not. But <laughs> Okay, I'm asking you to. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, first of all, uh, that the pilots that we fly with are outstanding. They're outstanding in their professionalism, uh, in, in how they do the job. Uh, they're outstanding in how they interact with others, with our passengers, they really, really go above and beyond. And I think that sometimes we even take that for granted ourselves. We don't necessarily recognize mm-hmm. the effort that we put into not only flying the airplane from point A to point B, but in how we react with our crew, how we react with our passengers. And to you know, Charlene's point, and, and your point too, on, on some of these unique personalities, uh, the, uh, the, the Science Minute will, will tell us that uh, uh, when NASA did a study about 10 years ago on whether or not there was an airline pilot personality, mm-hmm. they, they found one. Oh, they, found, they? they found a personality, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so the highlight of, the, of that is that um, airline pilots are very low in what they call neuroticism, which is good. That means, what that means essentially is that we don't get as stressed out about things uh, when mm-hmm. other people might be stressed in the same situation. Okay. So uh, we also have very high uh, conscientiousness, which means that we essentially we make great employees because we, you know, we show up on time, we're diligent, we do our jobs, we, we're very conscientious in that regard. Yep. But those things combined also means that it takes, it, we don't get agitated mm-hmm. very easily. And sometimes when things are kind of just moving along at an okay clip, uh, it's not enough to get us really agitated. And yeah. so that's part of the challenge is in terms of, of getting pilots motivated to look at where the career is, look at themselves, look at where the airline industry is as a whole, and get motivated enough to take action and to take change. And so sometimes yeah. there's a great, there's a great uh, little um, uh, theory called the uh, region beta theory, which means that uh, essentially, if things are going along not too bad, uh, you'll take a certain amount of action. But if mm-hmm. things are really bad, then you'll take a lot more action, and you'll actually come out farther ahead. So, in other words, you know, things that if things are not great for you in a big way, mm-hmm. then you'll actually come out farther farther ahead. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes I think for many of our pots, like yeah, things could certainly be a lot better. Yeah. But you know, it's I can live with this or I can live with that. And it's and so that's part of our challenge too, yeah. is, to, is to say, you know, it's part of the, the wake-up call essentially and to see what's happening uh, south of the border, see what's changed down there and and help that um, become your, your new benchmark, your new your motivating force. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's who we compare ourselves to is who we become. And I think that that's part of where we need to be looking at. I really agree with you on that. And actually maybe... Uh, Tim, maybe you can speak to that. Well, there's been some big changes happening at our uh, in our pilot group, and more recently, we made a big vote. We switched unions, and maybe you could speak to that. Why you think that happened, and uh, and how things have been going since that change? Sure. Yeah, there was a big change. Uh, 
back when we were part of the Air Canada Pilots Association uh, in Vancouver. I was a counselor there, and uh, we started getting a lot of feedback from our pilots, uh, just not being happy maybe with the direction yeah. that our representatives were going. And our job as a counselor was to take that information and uh, pass it along to our base chair, our base vice chair, and uh, make sure that the pilots' voices were being heard. Mm -hmm. um, I think we saw the pilot group looking at other pilot groups, seeing what they were able to achieve, looking down south of the border, looking at the U.S., and also looking to see what WestJet and Jazz. Uh, I know some of our, um, like Charlene, came with ELPA experience. Mm -hmm. yep. So just talking to them and hearing about the resources that ELPA had compared to what we saw uh, within what was ACPA at the time. I think yeah. it was a real opportunity. And once our pilots started to hear about some of those resources, and as we got more pilots hired on that had been a part of ELPA, I think we really saw a change in the pilot group that uh, to understand why we might want to go that direction. I think that was instrumental in, in the change was the influx of, of pilots with previous experience of being part of ALPA. So for those who don't know, um, the Air Canada Pilots were part of their own union, the Air Canada Pilots Association, and we've recently made the switch to the Airline Pilots Association. Charlene, pretty big union, represents a lot of carriers. I think it's more than 90% of the uh, carriers that are represented in Canada, but including the US and the world. What, what are the members now? So the Airline Pilots Association is up to 74,000 pilots plus, yep. and that's representing like 42 properties or airline pilots, pilot groups uh, within North America. Within Canada, that's uh, 20 pilot groups, I believe, and, and you're exactly right. 95% uh, of all professional unionized pilots are, are in the same union. It feels good to be part of it, actually. I think there's a, a lot to be said about being a part of the community. Our job is so so unique and so skilled, uh, being a part of that the big organization of ELPA. Uh, for myself, being able to reach out and discuss things with the MEC chair at United or at Delta or at WestJet mm -hmm. or at Jazz, it's really helpful to have the input from all these different uh, pilot groups and MECs because we can figure out what really works best for us, mm -hmm. what works well over there could work well for us too. And I think that's something that uh, a bit of an information gap that we had uh, when we were, were ACPA. And just all the, the resources that you have when you have all these pilot groups contributing to ELPA, that's becoming very useful and valuable for us throughout these negotiations. Yeah, it sure is. Okay. So that's our union. Just to touch on briefly our company, can you talk a little bit about how Air Canada as a company is doing I think that Air Canada is doing well financially. We saw that with these Q2 results. Uh, they're doing even better than anticipated. So financially, we know uh, the company has recovered from the, the days of COVID and continues to recover. We're flying at very, our capacity is almost maxed out. I, I believe that part of what Air Canada wants to do and what they can do are, are two different things in terms mm -hmm. of having the amount of pilots and having the amount of aircraft available to fly the routes they would like to. We know the recovery coming out of COVID, a lot of people want to travel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been very good for Air Canada, the, the corporation. Um, 
there's been the the startup pains from COVID, which she can't really uh, claim that that's the the reason for all of the delays that our, our passengers and our our pilots do experience. I think that's frustrating mm-hmm. for our passengers. That's frustrating for our pilots. So I think Air Canada, as the the corporation, could be doing a better job providing that service to to our passengers. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like they overstretched a little bit this summer with the plans versus... I think the the news articles prove that to be true, the, the amount of delays and cancelled flights. It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, especially out of Quebec too. Uh, man, there was, a, there was a lot of cancellations and delays with some of our, like with Jazz, our feeders that were feeding passengers to the bases to go internationally. It it seemed chaotic. Yeah, uh, I think absolutely. It's been yeah. it's been very chaotic. When we look mm. at the pilot shortage problem that we have in Canada, it's being felt acutely at our, our regional, which then feeds the the larger Air Canada network. So, yeah. I think over promising these flights and these tickets and then under delivering that's that's been really frustrating for the traveling public Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. problems in the east with as you mentioned with quebec city and we've also retrenched a bit in the west as well i know that living in saskatoon i can't fly on an air canada flight to calgary anymore way down for those regions Kelowna too even actually i found a service through or out of Kelowna seems to have been cut too right so um, yeah, and on a more personal note, um, and Rob, I'm going to get you to respond to this. So uh, I'm a line pilot. I felt the sting of the cancellation by management of our B travel passes um, in June this year. In the same 30-day period, I witnessed the same management team upgrade their own passes to A1. Um, we've seen denials of what might have been previously been deadhead release permissions. We've seen clampdowns on commuting pilots, boarding zone permission denials. We've seen the loss of double time VO. There's new denials of requests for um, downtown to airport hotel changes, which were not a problem in the past. And I feel like I could go on and on here, but can you speak to what sort of message is being received by our pilot group with this sort of sudden clampdown since we started negotiations? Yeah, those are all... uh... Those are all good points, and I think that uh, the, uh, cumulatively they start to build up. Thank and you. I th- and I yeah. think what then often happens is that it starts to change the culture uh, when you have enough of these adding up, and the weight of them starts to build. Uh, you can actually start to change the the culture. Mm-hmm. And during negotiations, that sometimes can be to our benefit uh, with respect to the the unity. Um, and the resolve mm-hmm. that that builds amongst the pilot group be- because of these. Um, in, in that respect, they would be miscalculations, I, I would imagine, uh, because uh, they're going to have an effect that it's going to be to our, to our benefit. Uh, but I think that ultimately, really, this comes down to, you know, we like our jobs. You know, we, we like flying airplanes. Mm-hmm. We like dealing with people and passengers. It's it's what we've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the pilots want Air Canada to do very well because we're employed by this company. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, we, you know, and we take pride in, in, in doing a good job. And that also includes our relationship with those who are our direct managers and our senior leadership of this, mm-hmm. of this company. Yeah. We want to have a good relationship with them. It's not our mission to have an adversarial relationship in any, re- in any respect. We succeed by, by any measure. Yeah. Um, so 
I think that there has to be some, 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 a, a reset in that relationship. Um, one would hope that through negotiations, we might have a positive reset. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And I think that has to, we, we've seen that be emulated by example in the United States uh, with Delta, United and American, um, some of their statements from their senior leadership valuing their pilots. Mm -hmm. So I think that one would hope would start to trickle out north of the border for us as well. And because it's, it's simply what, what we would like, it's, it's the Canadian way to, to you yeah. know, we're, we're peace loving culture. And, Absolutely. and, and so I think that, uh, uh, one would hope that we don't go down the road of these continuous little irritants that, um, well, divide makes, yeah. instead of, of combine our efforts. And if, if we really are so-called rising as one, then it, that's, that's a key component. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, working you, together. You, know, you as a as a company, you want to rise higher, as as we hear a lot. But you know, when you're you're talking with crew scheduling and and they're frustrated and and they want they need you to work, they need you to do something different. And but the last two times that you've spoke to them, you feel like you've been cut down because you, you just needed a you needed something, a, either a small favor or a hotel change. But they've got stipulations; they're not allowed to do that anymore. Or you know, something as simple as trying to get to work and you're suddenly now you have to board last or, or close to last. You've got your crew bags. You're not allowed to check those bags in because you're going to work. There's no space in the airplane anymore. Suddenly you're causing a, a bit of a ruckus because there's nowhere to put your bag. This is thing. These are things that never used to be a problem. They are starting to add up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's talk about culture for just one second here sure. because, you know, I'm not sure that it's been said um, by our senior leadership but you know, COVID was very hard, not just in terms of numbers on paper, in terms of the economics, but it was hard on people. And it's hard on, on our pilots, but it was also hard on other employees as well. You know, many were laid off. Many had to have, you know, a very partial pay and try to survive on that for, for what amounted to a couple of years, two to th almost two to three years. Mm -hmm. And that takes a toll on you. So now we are in this ramp up. There's very high demand. On, yep. on individuals, and that and they're getting pressure, and they're getting pressure from their department heads and their and their and their managers. Yeah. And I think that if you talk about culture, really, the pilots I think can play a special role in here. They can lead lead by example, and I would mm -hmm. hope that others would too. But it hasn't really been necessarily said that yes, COVID was really hard on you, and and mm. that has taken a toll. And so we have to we're rebuilding now. But part of that rebuilding is not just fiscal rebuilding. It has to do with culture, and culture was a pillar of this company. Um, Absolutely, previously. Yep. And but it has to be more than just a slogan that the yep. company holds up and waves and says, uh, you know, on a PowerPoint and says, "This is this is our you know culture. This is our rebuilding." It has to actually be enacted, and it starts yep. with people, and yep. it starts and it starts with us. So we are the culture. So you can go to, to work every day, and start you know smile at smile at your fellow employees, make eye contact, say hello, say how are you. Yeah, you know, our absolutely. gate agents are under a lot of pressure, you know, say yeah. hello and how's it going and we'll see you again next time. And yeah. it's, it's, and that kind of, that kind of human building camaraderie and that, and I think is, is so important. And in our ramp up, that message I think has been sorely missed. The opportunity to say that out loud yes. to our employees has been missed. And I think that's, we can play a role in that. We can start rebuilding yeah. that. Yeah, I, I really agree with you there. And it's, it's not the next award for something and it's not free uh, shine points for, for something from, from someone you don't know. It's 
not some company-wide email that says how well we're, we're all doing. You're right. It is the human factor. That is, that is the soul of this company. And I feel like that is what we've been missing for the last maybe two years. And the division in the work groups and uh, the no, there's no longer division in the pilot group. But I think we can help bring this company back on track to, to take it higher. But it's the, it's the people and it's the soul. It's, it's nothing else. Agreed. Yeah, I think you're both exactly right. When we look at ourselves as pilots, we're the leaders of the aircraft. We mm -hmm. are a leading employee group within Air Canada. Mm -hmm. And I know our pilots are they're working incredibly hard. They're extremely productive. And I think to your point, Rob, you're right coming out of COVID. That was a, a very hard and challenging time for a lot of our pilots, especially uh, the 600 who were furloughed and then coming back into Air Canada and not being recognized for that sacrifice. It's been very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we know, we, we feel that as a union leadership. And that's why we advocate for our pilots that if you can invest in your pilot group, you're going to have that return on your investment. And we are going to have that world-class airline, but you can't have it without us. Well, thanks all for your comments regarding that. So uh, moving forward, um, the ALPA calendar, uh, Tim, Charlene, maybe you can remind our members of what is coming up soon. I think even just to touch on where we've been, uh, we've uh, had coffee sits at each of our bases. I think those are really successful. We had a lot of uh, turnout, a great turnout at all of those events. The pilots are really happy to connect. And going forward, we do have some family events coming up. We'll have an uh, event in Vancouver. We're going to be uh, attending a BC Lions football game. Mm -hmm. And then coming up on September 29th, we're going to have an informational picket at our main base in Toronto. All right. So keep an eye on socials for details about that and your email as well. Anything to add there, Charlene? I think it's been incredible seeing our pilots come out to the coffee sets. They have, like, fantastic questions. The support that they're showing our uh, MEC and our negotiating committee is incredibly important. Every time I see one of our pilots wearing a, an ALPA lanyard and their ALPA bin, it's, it's a fantastic message to me and our team and the negotiating committee. Uh, I, the coffee sets have been great. We also had an event in Montreal at a, a mini golf course. Lots of families came out. We had about 100 people there, and it was, it was fantastic. And so we're going to be doing more of these family events because as we continue down the negotiations road, it's fundamental that our families are aware of where we are in that negotiating mm. process. Yeah. And our families sacrifice a lot for the jobs that we do. We're all away from home a lot, and we can't do these jobs without that family support. So it's also a way of saying thank you for supporting your pilot in your life. And I would just re-emphasize that the informational picket, September 29th, signifies the expiry of our contract. And so that's an important day for us to come together as pilots and show our solidarity and our support to our leadership team, to the negotiating committee, that we are going to achieve the, the world-class contract that our pilots deserve. All right. And speaking of family, um, could I ask you to remind our listeners what support is available for pilots directly affected by the fires uh, or another catastrophic event, should it happen, um, with the support with ALPA? 
So one of the resources available within ALPA, it is about pilots helping pilots. So there's a Pilots for Pilots. So that's a place on the ALPA website if you've been affected by these wildfires, uh, which I think are all our hearts have gone out to our pilots who have been um, relocated because of uh, the wildfires happening around Kelowna and also around Yellowknife. Mm-hmm. You can go uh, to the Pilots for Pilots and apply for a grant um, if you need some help to get through this what could be a very challenging time. It's also a place our pilots can go and also donate money for those who who are in need right now. All right. Okay, great. Thank you. Tim, can you just add um, your five cents to that for me? Yeah, sure thing, uh, Jason. Uh, I ended up being part of the team when uh, the Kelowna fires uh, were happening, where we were able to connect with each of the pilot in our database that had a Kelowna address or lived in the Okanagan to make sure they were okay. And that's where it is just important in the ALPA system to go in, make sure you have a current address and phone number so that when something like that happens, through our team, we'll be reaching out and connecting just to make sure if there's any help that we can provide individually or if there's a scheduling problem, we're there to help. Okay, great. Thanks. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And a big thank you to my guests today for being here and volunteering your time and putting your voice forward to represent our pilots Um, I'll finish with one of my favorite quotes spoken by the late Henry Ford. Coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress. And working together is success. That's very much how I feel about our union and our pilot group. We are staying and we are working together. We encourage you to wear your Alpa lanyards and pin. Stay up to date. And as always, be sure to follow us on our socials and fly safe. Fly safe.